This week, the NAACP kicked off a six-day convention celebrating its 100th anniversary. Founded a century ago, the civil rights organization could be considered an arcane institution with aging members and old ideas. But even though Barack Obama has become our first African-American president, the NAACP sees its work as far from finished. Who better to lead the organization then in the 21st century than someone in his 30s? We're talking about Benjamin Todd Jealous. Last year, at the age of 35, he became the organization's youngest president, and he joins us now to discuss his vision for the NAACP and how he's going to take on the challenges of race relations and equality. Welcome, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Now, does it ruffle your feathers when we use the word arcane? Do you ever think of this organization <laughs> as arcane or, or you know, uh, perhaps having teetered on the brink? Well, you know, I thought perhaps you were talking about the uh, U.S. Senate. <laughs> the the uh, truth is that it, throughout the, the history of this country, the people who lead in you know, politics and you know, basic community activism tend to come from those uh, near or beyond retirement age and those uh, near or below uh, college age, and that's very much what our the the heart of the uh, membership of this association tends. to to be, you know, th- these are two generations of people who have two things in common. On the one hand, they're very eager to see the world change. One is about to leave and wants to define their legacy. So my focus as far as getting people, you know, in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, back engaged with this organization is to really do two things. One is to make it plain about the sorts of issues that we face right now, you know, failing schools, short supply of jobs, and an even shorter supply of good jobs, real crisis in our prison system and our basic system of safety and justice in this country. And then the next is is to make it easy for people to, you know, get involved. But Ben Jealous, you've got Eric Holder, the attorney general there at the NAACP yep. convention. You've got the president of the United States at the convention. How do yep. you maintain the credibility of the NAACP um, and and maintain its independence from the the the, the powers to be the the actual institutions of power when there must be such a temptation to do a full embrace here. Well, you know, you know, we're a we're a big tent. People come to the big tent, you know, to speak to constituents from across the country and to people who they know are really engaged in the fight for civil rights. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who have uh, compared this president to uh, past president Lincoln. You know, and I've made it very clear that. Uh, if he wants to play Lincoln, I'm happy to play Frederick Douglass. I mean, you know, the uh, re- reality then as now is that when they're right, they're right, and we support them and we push them. And when they're wrong, well, we have to let them know that too. Now, flashback in uh, your mind's eye or your past life to what it must have been like in 1909 uh, when the NAACP was founded. Perhaps, you know, tell me a story that you've heard about the early days of the NAACP. You know, the, the most important thing, think, you know, thing is that back then, you know, in 1909, when this small group of dreamers got together in an apartment in uh, lower Manhattan and decided in that apartment that they would end the appalling practice of uh, lynch mob justice because there had been a race riot in Springfield, Illinois, the hometown of President Lincoln, Forty black families had been pushed out of town. Black men had had their throats slit and then were hung from trees. Not hung to kill them, but hung to put them on display. You know, is that they were willing to to dream really big, urgently needed, bold dreams, to then think as organizers and outline the steps that would need to happen to win, 
and then to pursue those dreams really for decades. And so our first convention happened uh, just a few months thereafter. We were founded on the birthday of President uh, Lincoln, February 12, 1909, when he would have been 100 had he been able to live. But just a few months later, they, they brought in dozens of progressives from around the country, primarily black church leaders, who then were able to take this, this movement back into the corners of the country that needed the fight against uh, lynch, lynch mob justice most. And that, that formula, you know, dream bold dreams, break them down into achievable steps, practice uh, discipline, and pursue them until you win has been our strategy since. It's uh, our secret for success. Let me just jump in and ask a very specific question. Now we are seeing a fairly staggering rise in black unemployment. It's at 13.6% now compared to 8.2% for whites. It's always, there's always a huge gap. But in the age of Obama, which is also the age of recession, black folks are not faring well. Every month, the black unemployment rate goes up. And, and let me just sharpen the point by saying there seems to have been some disagreement between the former president, Bruce Gordon, and between uh, the chairman, Julian Bond, over how much economics factor into what the NAACP should do. So how big of an issue is getting black people jobs to you? You know, the... the uh we're, we're actually in firm agreement that jobs are a big part of the agenda. Uh, we're focused not just on you know, full employment, if you will, but also on job quality. I mean, let's not forget that slavery was a full employment economy. So you know, job quality counts for a lot. There's a lot of children in this country who are um, ne- neglected each day, not because their parents don't have a job, but because they have to have too many jobs. Um, and so you know, while we fight to increase uh, jobs while we worked, you know, to push the uh, green job uh, le- legislation and, the, and, and related climate change bills through Congress, we also pushed to improve job quality. That's why the Employee Free Choice Act is is uh, so important, and we've got to keep focused on that. We can't be lulled into a conversation that is only about how many black people have jobs. We also have to ask the question: and how good are those jobs? Can you support a family on that job? What do you want? President Obama to say when he addresses the membership of the NAACP, what will you be listening for that's critical to you? You know, I guess, you know, we want some acknowledgement of our role in ensuring that this day could come when a black man could get onto Air Force One. We also want to hear acknowledgement that this country has a long way to go. When you have a day like two days ago, where you know, on the one hand you see photos of the president getting onto Air Force, and on the other hand you see photos of black children who can't get into a swimming pool, you know, it shows that, that while many people that, that can surmount the barriers in our society, there are still big barriers for many of us, and we have to stay focused on those. And we, have to, and we also want to hear some acknowledgement, quite frankly, of the parts of the social contract that still need to be extended. For instance, the 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 fight for you know uh, to end this healthcare crisis in this country, the fight to ensure that all kids can go to good schools, and the fight to ensure that this period of mass incarceration of Black people will be brought to an end by sane policy. And that's 36-year-old Benjamin Jealous, the president of the NAACP. He joined us from the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People's Centennial Conference in New York City. 
full coverage of the NAACP 100th anniversary convention uh, on our website, thetakeaway.org. You can also find Todd Zwillick's coverage of the Sotomayor hearings at thetakeaway.org. While you're there, you can uh, look for economic indicators. We're asking people if they are seeing in their economic experience the future of the economy or the past of the economy. Are you starting to see orders pile up for six months from now but don't have work this month? Tell us your stories. Everyone's an economic indicator. 877-8-MY-TAKE or email us at mytake at thetakeaway.org. I'm Farai Chidea. I'm John Hockenberry. This is The Takeaway. Take it away, Aretha. I'm Ira Flato, host of Science Friday. For over 30 years, our team has been reporting high-quality news about science, technology, and medicine. News you won't get anywhere else. And now that political news is 24-7, our audience is turning to us to know about the really important stuff in their lives. Cancer, climate change, genetic engineering, childhood diseases. Our sponsors know the value of science and health news. For more sponsorship information, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.